For Monday, February 15th, 2021. Yes, one week and a day late, but never a dollar short. Uh, your host this week, myself, is Lee, and we are going to go through two weeks' worth of Dynamite uh, today, starting with the Beach Break edition of AEW Dynamite, which took place on February 3rd, 2021. Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida is the site of this thing. Let me crack. The newly uh, released Pineapple Bubbly. I don't know if this has existed in other, uh, other markets, but... Mm. Pineapple soda, no sugar, not bad. Honestly, I thought I was gonna like the peach better, uh, but the there's an Aha brand peach. That's a whole another podcast. Just me re- reviewing fucking soda waters. All right, Tarzan boy fills the air. The Jurassic Express enters. A number of AEW tag teams are already at ringside, ready to go. The announced team of Jr. Tony Schiavone and Excalibur sum up the aftermath of the uh, uh, Jungle Boy, which I have here is Tarzan Boy. This is going to get, this is going to be the thing now, and I'm surprised I'm the only one that does it. <laughs> the uh, D- Tarzan Boy is the entrance music for Jungle Boy, or the Jurassic Express on the whole. I don't know if the Jurassic Express still enters to their, to their original music or what, but they shouldn't. It should just be Tarzan Boy full-time. FTR was suspended and subs- subsequently kicked out of the Battle Royale that is about to take place uh, because of their actions after that match. Cutting off uh, the Luchasaurus's horns and all that fun stuff. Sammy Hagar appears to cheer on the team of Sammy and Hagar. Yeah. Uh, so for people in the AEW demographic of 18 to 35 or whatever it is, uh, Sammy Hagar was a rock musician and singer. Uh, no, uh, the acclaimed uh, get an entrance on TV after uh, multiple inner circle teams. The Young Bucks are also competing in this match. If they win, they can select their opponents at Revolution. Uh, ranking and stats thrown out, I guess, when the pay-per-view rolls around. They've done this a few times in the Battle Royale, so maybe it's just, uh, hey, no matter where you rank, if you can stick it out through this match, you get a shot. Uh, I'm kind of fine with in the terms of pro wrestling, I I guess. Uh, As long as the stories make sense, which they don't always, and we'll get to that, especially when you watch two shows back-to-back, you can, uh, whenever there are inconsistencies, that's when you're going to see them. Okay. Uh, Buck Splash, A Half Dozen Men, uh, a piece on the outside of the ring from the ramp and clean house. It breaks down in com- com- uh, complete chaos seconds later. Ten teams are competing. Three are from the inner circle, multiple from the dark order. The announcers try their best to keep up with the action. Isaiah Cassidy screams and eats the mat on a dive. John Silver eliminates Hagar. Luchasaurus gets a spotlight and lays out the majority of the competitors. His uh, mask still hornless. Uh, Stu Grayson tries his hand at slaying the Luchasaurus, is choke slammed outside. John Silver, with a low center of gravity here, eliminates Luchasaurus over the top rope. Uh, both members of the team must be eliminated for that team to be eliminated. So if one guy remains and he wins it, that's uh, that's good enough. Evil Uno hot dogs for a second in the center of the ring. MJF tosses his ass out. Darius blocks a uh, blocks the private party silly string and eliminates Mark Quinn. Still a lot of men in the ring here. John Silver with a drop to Santana and Ortiz at the same time. Uh, proud and powerful reciprocate by tossing Silver's ass from the ring. The Young Bucks fire up on the inner circle. Tony Schiavone points out MJF is hiding in the corner most of this match. Nick Jackson takes out Santana and Ortiz. Isaiah Cassidy boots him. They battle. The Good Brothers low bridge the ropes, and Jackson whips Isaiah over them. Uh, Nick goes to argue with the brothers uh, for some reason. Uh, MJF dumps him over the ropes. MJF, Sammy, Jericho, Darius, Jungle Boy, and Max Caster 
remain in this thing. A couple of eliminations later, Max Caster is holding MJF for Sammy. MJF ducks a thrust kick. Caster gets it. MJF tossed over. Darius tosses Caster. Sammy and Jericho versus Darius. Jericho is dazed, knocks Sammy to the floor as he attacks Darius. A Judas effects knocks Darius to the ground. Jericho and MJF will face uh, the Young Bucks at Revolution, and Wardlow stands tall with them in the ring. It's a battle royale. It's extra confusing because technically some of these men are, are on a team and it's like, why don't they stick together the entire match? Uh, like back to back, hang out with your partner somewhere around the ring, slide out uh, underneath it. Uh, I don't I don't know. Uh, in terms of this match, I, I didn't see anybody employing a strategy that, that might come to mind when you think of a fucking tag team battle royale uh where y- you do have an advantage with both members still in the match to the end uh because you do not have to eliminate your your partner or anything like that it's not double dragon okay tonight your main event will be kenny and the good brothers versus mox pox and ray phoenix uh the wedding of kip and penelope thunder rosa versus dr Britt baker uh page hangman page uh and matt hardy versus chaos project lumberjack match archer and kingston Darby Allen, TNT champion, and Sting will be up next. They got something to say. But first, uh, Jade Cargill, hype package. This woman looks insane. If she can wrestle at all, uh, she should be a huge star. Uh, like we got his proof is in the pudding, as it were. And the pudding in this case is pro wrestling. Brief commercial. Tony Schiavone in the ring with a mic invites Darby Allen to join him. Tony then invites the icon Sting. The snow machines blow and Sting saunters to the ring. JR and Excalibur mark out over getting to see and call Sting in 2021. These men have a street fight with Team Taz at Revolution. Tony lets us know Darby will be defending the TNT Championship next week against Joey Janela. Taz interrupts on the main screen, says he and his boys are trapped outside the arena like a bunch of jabronis. Uh, I missed the exact reasoning as to why they're banned from Dynamite this week, but Brian Cage still took his shirt off in the parking lot uh, because they were going to be on camera, I guess. Uh, They're keeping an eye on him. Watch your back. Okay. Ricky Stark cuts a little promo at the end of of this taunting Darby. Sting on the mic for a retort. Ricky, you say you look, uh, when you look in the eyes of the Stinger, you don't see the icon anymore. Maybe you need to take a closer look. And he leaves it at that. Darby and Sting pose and exit and Darby versus Janela next week which we will also cover today. Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa recap package. Baker heads to the ring, a relatively serious look on her face. Reba accompanies her and spins a rally scarf, we'll call it. Uh, from the graveyards of Tijuana, Mexico, Rosa is already in the ring, dumps Reba. Quick pin attempt, drop kick. Rosa is not wasting time. Tony describes these two women as two of the best in the entire world. Rosa with a drop kick and a flipping senton in the corner. Two count from referee Paul Turner on Britt. Uh, Britt uh, ties Rosa in the ropes. Ref breaks it up. Fight spills outside the ring with Baker employing the ring post to do damage. Hard shot and Rosa collapses on the barricade. The crowd sings Thunderstruck and boos Britt Baker. Uh, Rosa powers up, slides in and out of the ring to break the count and turns the tide on Baker. Picture in picture, Rosa targeting Britt's hand to neutralize the lockjaw. Baker with a sling blade and thrust kick. Rosa kicks out. Air raid crash, another near fall for Baker. Rebel aka Reba provides Baker her uh a glove for sanitary reasons uh but then baker proceeds to like wrestle with the glove on uh so at the end of the day you're still getting a hand that has touched the the floor and other things in your mouth i guess uh rosa maneuvers to the rope uh to force a break baker with a running stomp crucifix pin attempt for a two count these ladies roll back and forth baker trying to get the lockjaw rosa trying to uh wiggle free or tangle her up in a pin Death Valley Driver from Rosa, near fall on Baker. Rebel jumps into the ring and rips off the turnbuckle pad while the ref is distracted. That's, like, 
for someone to jump in the ring and sabotage it, that uh, ref has to be really not not a lot of peripheral vision. Uh, Rosa takes her out and maintains control of the match. Rosa gets Britt up on her shoulders. Britt bicycle, uh, bicycles her legs and gets free. Rosa sent face first into the exposed buckle. A limp Rosa is given the lockjaw. A ref calls the match for Baker uh, with Rosa unable to actually quit or submit. A pretty decent match, and Baker gets a win here by cheating. I'm just realizing on the next on the next show, I don't think they really follow up on this. Like at all. Excalibur tries his best uh, to get us up to speed on Hardy asking Tony for a match with Chaos Project. Tony Schiavone is backstage interviewing Hangman and Hardy. Hardy says they've known each other for a long time. Hangman says that he was only invited uh, into this room to dress. He's not interested in, in talking to Hardy or any of uh, or signing with him or anything to do with that. Hardy says Chaos Project ruined Brody Jr.'s birthday, and that didn't sit right with him. Let's join forces for one night and kick their asses. Hangman uh, agrees to this. His music hits. Big money. Matt Hardy follows his entrance. Not much to say on this one. Luther and Serpentico get a few minutes of heat on Hardy. Page tagged in. Dismantles Chaos Project. Misses a clothesline. Hits a spinebuster on Serpentico for a near fall. Hardy decks Luther and sends him outside. Hangman gets set up for a buckshot lariat. Luther pulls him off the apron before spilling his own ass to the outside. Luther's ass, that is. Uh, Luther hits the buckshot. Uh, Luther hits the buckshot. Hangman hits the buckshot on Serpentico. Hardy tags himself in and gets the pin. And uh, Hardy is elated to have won here with Hangman Page. And that's the end of that. See a chaos project. Okay. Next up. Uh, this February, Women's World Championship Eliminator Tournament. Eight women from the USA, eight women from Japan will compete for a shot at Hikaru Shida's championship. Uh, Maki Ito, let's go. Hello, motherfuckers. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, I won't name them all here. I believe the majority of the matches, especially the Japanese ones, will be available to watch online. And I have since confirmed this. I believe it is on tonight, Monday night, on YouTube. You'll be able to see some of the Japanese uh, bracket. And man, there is some alumni in there. There are some uh, some great new talents. Uh, you might just want to toss it on in the background. Check it out. Uh, we're at the halfway point of the show. Tony Schiavone interviews Kip and Miro backstage. Chuck the Butler is hanging out there as well. Vicky Guerrero enters and tells Kip it's time. Why Vicky Guerrero? I don't know. Uh, a wedding begins. Officiant James Mitchell oversees the nuptials. Penelope Ford enters looking gorgeous in her gown. James Mitchell looking like Satan begins the ceremony. Kip begins his vows and says since the first time she caught him staring at her chest, he's known. It's been meant to be. Yada yada, I love you. Penelope begins. Kip, baby, I love you so much. You have the biggest. Kip cuts her off. Uh, it's ring time. Charles Taylor hands the rings to Miro who hands them to Kip. Uh, to have and to grope in sickness and health, kayfabing all others for as long as you both shall live. And in case you didn't catch it the first time, he repeats, of course, to the other person. To have and to grope in sickness and health, kayfabing all others as long as you both shall live. Rings are exchanged. He asks if anyone in the building feels they uh, shouldn't be married. Speak now. Miro absolutely interrupts this and says, wrap this shit up. Uh, Kip and Penelope are announced husband and wife. They make out. They are cheered. Miro will now give a toast. Excalibur slips a line in here about a rager of a bachelor party we didn't get to see. Charles hands out some apple juice looking champagne. Miro says, what is love? Uh, I may not have thrown a bachelor party or gotten you a present, but my gift to you is me, my knowledge. Miro points to a man-sized present in the ring, says it's been making him nervous. Charles uh, says he bought it. Miro attacks the box and tosses it from the ring. It is empty. Nothing is inside. Charles... Uh, Charles, clean this and no more presents, says Miro. Uh, as I was saying, he continues, what is love? The crowd starts uh, singing hot away, what is love? Miro eggs them on. Charles shackles Miro to the bottom rope and uh, decks Kip. Penelope is pushed face first into the cake, of course. Kip accidentally strikes Miro. Miro, Kip, and Penelope beat down Charles. 
Uh, Orange Cassidy appears from a trapdoor within the cake. Chuck Taylor decks Kip. Orange lays him out. Miro and Penelope left upset in the ring. Charles raises a bottle of champagne and escapes. Picture in picture as the crew cleans the wedding set. Shaq on the set of a TNT uh, show called The Inside NBA or something like that. Shaq mumbles something and then attacks a plexiglass panel. Uh, That's what I'm going to do to you, Cody, he says. Yeah. I didn't even interrupt the thought there, because I, I feel like when I was watching the show, it flowed like that. It was just like, okay, the wedding stuff's over, let's clean it up, and then suddenly Shaq was there. Uh, not on set, he was he was in his, on his own set. Uh, Lumberjack match, uh, Lance Archer versus Eddie Kingston is up next. JR is predicting this match will be a uh, bowling shoe ugly match. The uh, face Lumberjacks complain... The the heel lumberjacks are beating up Archer too much or something. Uh, what am I trying to tell myself here? My notes. Uh, basically, on the left hand side, you always have the the good guy uh, lumberjacks, and then just like the crowds on the other side, you have the heel lumberjacks. So depending where the wrestlers are thrown, the faces will throw them back. But also, if the heel gets thrown with the faces, the faces will beat him up too. So stick with your own, I guess. If you get thrown out get thrown out on the side that you identify with uh, based on what tunnel you walk down I guess is is how lumberjacks work anyway Kingston is tossed out Billy Gunn tosses him back in Kingston takes exception to this slides back out and uh, kicks Billy's son Austin Uh, Eddie brawls with the faces Lance splashes everyone and we head to picture in picture Kingston wrenches on Archer's ear back in the ring Jake Roberts, uh, Roberts escorts the heels to the face side of the ring to protect Archer as he's sent outside again uh, Archer, however, himself is a, a face. Alright, whatever. Uh, Archer counters the exploder, drops Kingston with some shoulder tackles. Suplex. Archer with a body slam off the middle rope. Bunny runs in and jumps on Archer's back. He gets her up for a blackout. Bunny screams. Kingston with a back fist drops Archer and saves Bunny. Roberts decks Helico outside the ring because Jake Roberts just gets to fucking clothesline someone every show now. Uh, Kingston hits the exploder. The lumberjacks spill into the ring. Uh, two brick shit houses identified as Bear Country uh, bu- level the butcher and blade. Uh, Irinagi? Ira- Ira- Irinagi? Did I write Irinagi here? Wow, look at me. Irinagi on Kingston for an earfall. Archer blocks a backfist. Uh, Kingston up on the ropes. Archer dazes him and hits the blackout. One, two, three. Archer gets the W back from Kingston and everybody dies. No, Eddie Kingston on the following episode of Dynamite we're about to cover. Tony Schiavone says we received some disturbing video from FDR and Tully. Tully puts over uh, their Fear the Revelation t-shirts. Cash says he hopes Jurassic Express didn't tell on them. Tully is beside himself. All we want is a championship match. Dax reveals that they kidnap Marco Stunt, who's tied to a chair with his mouth covered. Your main event is up next. They kidnapped, they kidnapped that boy. Uh, Kenny and the Good Brothers versus Mox, Pox, and Phoenix next week. Darby versus Joey Janela for the TNT Championship. Janela cuts a quick promo here mentioning he and Darby's long history. Kenny and crew work their way to the ring. Uh, you're here on a very special night, begins Don Callis, and a commercial begins, uh, so we'll never know why. Uh, he's uh, sitting with the commentators when we return. Uh, Pac and Ray Phoenix arrive from the lobby and psych each other up. Moxley's music hits, and he enters as well. The three share fist bumps and head to the ring. It's nice seeing Moxley with friends uh, every once in a while. Uh, Don Callis says, uh, The lack of chemistry will cost Mox's team this match. Carl Anderson demands to fight Pac. Mox swaps out. And the match begins. Mox and Gallows tangle frequent tags in and out. Phoenix is in. He and Pac hit a combo on Anderson. Moxley runs wild on the brothers. And Kenny in and out of the ring. 
until we head to picture in picture uh, when they build heat on him instead. Pac and Phoenix look on uh, look on helpless, waiting for the hot tag. Gallows hot dogs going for a power bomb. Moxley counters with a figure four. Anderson kicks his partner free. Mox powers up, uh, powers out of the magic killer rather, and low bridges Gallows out of the ring. Anderson nuts himself in the corner. Moxley tags in Phoenix. Omega is tagged in as well. Phoenix with some aggressive offense, diving reverse headbutt. Phoenix and Pac hit dual moonsaults on the Good Brothers outside. Phoenix uh, then rolls uh, off the ropes and into the ring with a, for a misdirected uh, cutter on Kenny. AEW's uh, champion... What? Why, why AEW? AEW champion Kenny Omega, sure, his full name, uh, crotches Phoenix on the ropes and hits a Snapdragon to kill his momentum. Gallows, the legal man, boots Phoenix and attempts a cover for a two-count. Pac blind, tag, blind, tags, blind tags himself in. Uh, he repeatedly kicks Gallows in the leg uh, to drop him to the mat before booting him in the temple. Gallows with a massive kick to Pac and a tag to Kenny Omega. Moxley breaks up the pin after a uh, three-man magic killer gut-wrench tiger bomb from Kenny. Pac kicks out. V-trigger. Kenny gets Pac up for the one-wing angel. Pac fights out. Phoenix and Mox appear to beat the life out of Kenny. Pac with a deadlift bridging German uh, on Omega for the pin. Kenny kicks out. Moxley and Omega square off and exchange blows. Omega kicks a lariat attempt away. Moxley with a clothesline. Phoenix takes out Anderson. Omega with a paradigm shift on Mox. That is Mo that is Omega. Omega on Mox, not Mox on Omega, with the paradigm shift. Omega goes for the pin. Pox breaks it up with a 450, which is one of the more challenging moves to break up a pin with, I guess, if you think about it. Uh, things break down into chaos when the dust clears. Ray Phoenix has been pinned. Moxie crawls into the ring and is stomped by the Good Brothers. Lance Archer appears and clears the ring. Moxie continues his crawl to the downed Omega. Uh, gets to his feet, seething in anger. Ang anger. Anger. A hooded man appears and decks Mox from behind. It's none other than Kenta. He removes uh, his hoodie to reveal a go-to-sleep club t-shirt and murders Moxley with a knee to the head. Excalibur desperately tries to catch us up on uh, the IWGP US Championship uh, situation and uh, that Moxley still holds that belt and that Kenta, who has now appeared to attack Moxley, has claimed to it with his briefcase. Kenny, with a huge grin on his face, stands tall over Moxley and we head off. Uh, of the show. The Forbidden Door has been booted open. What could it all mean? On social media, Kenny approaches Kenta in the parking lot, and they form a shaky alliance against Mox. So there you go. Next show, AEW Dynamite Wednesday, uh, February 10th, 2021, Daily's, uh, Daily's Place in Jacksonville, Florida. No time to waste. It is time for Joey Janela. Uh, he is already on his way to the ring, and uh, this is the title match versus Darby Allen to start the night. I'm just going to take a little drink here in between, and then talk about the Forbidden Door as it were, a little bit, which is now just a thing that everybody on every show says. It's like a buzz term. One sec. Mm. Pineapple. It's what's for dinner. It's pretty cool. Uh, it, it's obviously nice when you can acknowledge uh, things on other wrestling promotions. Obviously, if guys can go here and there and work, when things are more normalized, when people can travel more easily, these are guys that are already worth uh, used used to uh, schedules and, and insane traveling. And of course, you know, within the confines of their own companies and what will be allowed by the different CEOs and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, there's there's major drawing potential. There's lots of cool dream matches you could have uh, that people are already off to the races with like dream booking next year's Wrestle Kingdom and be like, oh yeah. Obviously, because now AEW and Impact guys can be on New Japan Pro Wrestling, that just means that half the card will be that. No, I think I think this can ultimately lead to a pay-per-view once a year where we do have a Night of Champions uh, kind of champion versus champion thing going on. The problem there becomes who loses 
Who beats who? How do you make it all fair with with actual clear, concise endings? Uh, and that's where where egos and stuff like that will get involved. As as cool as this is, at the end of the day, you have to uh, take care of your own, uh, so to speak. So having Kenta involved here to the capacity he is is really awesome. I'm curious to see if they they do other things in the future with guys going back and forth. Uh, there's of course a lot of interesting uh, uh, dream matches. Uh, that that you could you could dream book in your head all day long, uh, but we'll we'll see what happens. All we, all I know is that we got Kenta on a main event of uh, this next AW Dynamite I'm about to talk about, and that's pretty neat in of itself compared to where we were with this relationship even a year ago. Right, right, everybody agree? Okay, let's move on. Jr. says Joey Janela has to win this match. <laughs> okay, Jr. Uh, Excalibur and Tony Schiavone join him on commentary as well. Uh, Darby and Joey lock it up to start the match, which I wasn't expecting a technical wrestling match between these two, but maybe that's the the point. They're subverting expectations. Arm drag and a shotgun dropkick. Janela on the apron. Darby dropped uh, face first onto it. Joey with an elbow suicida dive on Darby. Joey tosses Darby back in the ring and attempts a pin. Crowd mix is very loud this week. Sounds more exciting than last Dynamite, especially listening back to back. It's, I guess, determined on what version I get, but it's uh, it, they're both the same. It's the, I see all the pictures and pictures, and when there's an actual uh, commercial, it just, it just goes to an AW logo. So I think I'm getting a consistent thing every week. I have to assume that's the audio mix that's inconsistent, right? Alright. Very fast, very clean match so far. Joey attempting a pin after every big move. Near fall on Darby. Uh, Joey moves it uh, onto submission holds when uh, the regular stuff doesn't work. Darby fights free. Janela returns him to the mat. Takes a moment before climbing the ropes. Darby yanks him down and he bounces his head off the ropes. Janela snaps... Uh, the rope into Darby's eyes and maintains control. Janela finds himself on the outside. Darby launches himself through the ropes and into Joey, who crashes into the barricade. Some more unique offense here from both men. Janela catches Darby mid-coffin drop and suplexes him. Another near fall on Darby. Joey Janela lusts after the TNT belt for a moment on the outside of the ring. Darby uh, wrenches his left arm and sends Joey face-first into the mat. Strikes uh, in the center of the ring. Darby counters Janela's grapple with a stunner. Back-to-back, looking for a backslide pin. Darby with a roll-up crucifix pin attempt. Janela with a pile driver. Uh, this is 30 minutes of spots and 12 minutes so far. Uh, Janela places Darby on the top rope and clobbers him. Darby powers out of, for an avalanche code red. Janela kicks out of this pin attempt. Uh, Darby secures his victory with a coffin drop. Uh, not not that long after that, Darby retains his TNT Championship. This was a great match. Uh, easily my favorite Joey Janela match. Uh, everyone was, I think, expecting these two men to just kill each other with a lot of big dangerous spots. But they just more or less had a really fast-paced, frantic wrestling match. Uh, that kind of ran the gambit between mat wrestling, submissions, uh, some higher spots, some work on the apron and the outside. Uh, great opening match. Good stuff. Joey Janela. Hey, all right. Words from John Moxley. Kenta has been calling him out for months from across the ocean. February 26, Moxley and Kenta will battle for the IWGP US Championship. That's a sanctioned match. Tonight is just for fun. Falls count anywhere between uh, Omega, Kenta, Lance Archer, and Moxley later tonight. Tonight, also, Cody and Lee Johnson versus Peter Avalon and Cesar Bononi. Jericho and MJF versus The Acclaimed. Backstage with the inner circle, Sammy enters the green room and asks everyone to leave but MJF. MJF excludes, uh, excuses Wardlow. Sammy asks the cameraman to stay. Sammy says he's on to MJF's plot to take over the inner circle. MJF calls him delusional and jealous that perhaps it is he who needs the spotlight and is trying to take over the inner circle. Sammy echoes his statement in a sarcastic way. 
Is this what you want to hear? That I want to take over the inner circle? In fact, yes, MJF reveals he's been recording the convo on his phone. Sammy whips the phone against a wall and drops MJF with a punch to the ribs. The cameraman, Sammy requested uh, to stay, catches all of this. And previously, Jericho has dismissed a similar angle like this with the inner circle because he, quote-unquote, watched the show. Uh, So that's kind of dumb. Not as dumb as the Young Bucks thing that's coming up, but pretty dumb. Uh, Cody and Lee Johnson versus Peter Avalon and Cesar Bononi. Uh, This team of jobbers uh, with one W to their name get the heat on Lee Johnson, who's pursuing his first W in AEW, period. Cody tags in and gets uh, beat up through picture-in-picture. Avalon holds him in a headlock as we head into a proper blackout commercial. Cody is tossed to the floor. Lee Johnson high drop to the mat. Cody pulls Cesar to the outside. Johnson is able to dodge a strike and roll up Avalon to pick up his first ever victory. Tony Schiavone and the Nightmare family await Lee Johnson on the ramp. Uh, he wishes uh, he had a world of words one year of losing. He's 0-29. That changed today. Johnson thanks all of his trainers and friends for, who supported him, seemingly specifically leaving out QT Marshall, who suddenly looks kind of hurt standing just behind Lee Johnson, and he owes it all to the Rhodes family. So this is a cool, subtle bit of storytelling, but I uh, I must say, to what end? Uh, is, is QT Marshall going to turn on the Nightmare family? So what? Is he going to have some kind of vendetta against Cody and Dustin and and there's going to be a fight at Revolution? Like Dustin needed a match at Revolution, so he's going to fight QT Marshall. And they had to like somehow make QT Marshall antagonistic by leaving him out of this speech. It's a cool bit of storytelling, a subtle bit of storytelling, if intentional. But it's also like in service of... In service of, of what? Of what what's the best outcome here? Lee Johnson versus QT Marshall? What are we what are we talking about here? Anyway. Dasha and the Young Bucks are back in backstage someplace. So like an office or something. This doesn't make a lot of sense. The good brothers appear and say, you're welcome for the rating last week. Bucks are angry that the brothers' uh, distraction cost them the match. Uh, they were going to pick the good brothers for the championship match. Anderson says, it was Santana and Ortiz that cost them the match. As they eliminated them, blame them. Bucks say uh, they don't want to wait until Revolution uh, to defend the titles, and they will face Proud and Powerful next week in a tag title match. Okay, why not just fight the Good Brothers? Or move your Jericho MJF match to next week? What the fuck? If someone fucks you over, why would the first thing you give them is a chance to win your championships when they haven't earned that that opportunity? Furthermore, Good Brothers have a match against Private Party, I believe, on Impact. Private Party is the the number one contenders over there. Okay. We could imagine a a world, a society, where uh, Good Brothers are trying to get the Young Bucks to lose to someone before the pay-per-view so that the Good Brothers have to instead fight Proud and Powerful or Jericho and MJF instead of the Young Bucks. But... If the Young Bucks can be beaten by Proud and Powerful or Jericho and MJF, does that not make them as adequate a contender to have to fight against for the Good Brothers? So it, that that falls apart. The Good the Good Brothers could fight the Bucks. In fact, the Good Brothers have an advantage against the Bucks because the Bucks probably wouldn't expect the Good Brothers to turn and cheat to win the championships when that is afforded to them. So from the Good Brothers' point of view, they do want to fight the Bucks. So when the Bucks say, we're going to fight Proud and Powerful next week in a title match, 
when they wanted to fight the Good Brothers, win the Battle Royale and fight the Good Brothers at the pay-per-view, why wouldn't they then say, we're moving up the Jericho-MJF match to next week so that we can still have our Good Brothers match at the pay-per-view, or just fight the Good Brothers next week and fuck the pay-per-view, just have your match? What the hell? Anyways, I digress. Pac, accompanied by Ray Phoenix, will fight, uh, face Ryan Nemeth. I believe I learned that Ryan Nemeth is the brother of Dolph Ziggler. Is that correct? I thought I read that. I, I could easily fact check it, right? I'm on a computer as we speak. Uh, Pac slowly and meticulously takes Nemeth apart. Uh, Nemeth gets in one shot. Pac kicks him to death. And Nemeth rolls to the outside, but is returned to the ring promptly. Nemeth surprises Pac with a double foot dropkick and a DDT. Uh, Pac rises in pain and rolls outside of the ring. Nemeth chases and eats the barricade. Uh, back in the ring, Pac stomps Nemeth in the corner and stands on his neck, breaking a count, uh, uh, breaking on the count of four. A dazed Nemeth is positioned. Uh, Pac to the top rope for a black arrow, grabs a brutalizer, and Nemeth immediately taps out. And that's it. A little bit of enhancement here for Pac. Uh, lucky us, it's a recap of the Kip and Penelope wedding thing. Uh, Miro vows vengeance on Orange and Chuck. Uh... What? Dash backstage. Dash, dash. Dasha backstage with uh, Jericho, Hagar, and Wardlow. Proud and powerful bring in MJF with taped up ribs from Sammy's Sucker Punch. Jericho seems distraught. Where is Sammy now? Ah, uh, we have a match to worry about. We'll worry about this later. Jericho and MJF will face the acclaimed Max Caster and Anthony Bowens. MJF complaining about his sore ribs immediately rolls out of the ring as the match starts. Jericho takes a beating for a time. Uh, MJF asks for a tag when it looks like he can get in some free licks. Bowens drops MJF on his sore ribs and tags in Caster. MJF on his uh, knees in pain is able to isolate Caster in the corner and tag Jericho in for some tag team licks sometime after picture in picture Bowens is clearing house with some right hands drop kicks Jericho lifts MJF onto his shoulder and drops him Ortiz on the apron distracts Bowens uh, Jericho goes for the line salt and Caster decks him with a literal ghetto blaster Bowens uh, with a near fall Caster tagged in as the acclaim preps uh, the claim to fame MJF spills Bowens to the outside Hagar decks Caster from behind referee Aubrey Edwards unaware Jericho hits the Judas Effect and pins Caster 1-2-3. The Inner Circle celebrates, and Sammy's music hits. Jericho on the mic. What's the problem here, man? You're late. You're punching MJF. You're, bre you're breaking his phone. Uh, Sammy says that he told him on December 9th on Dynamite that if MJF did one more thing, that he would be done. He's here to say he's done. He elaborates that he quits the Inner Circle. MJF shares a shit-eating smile with only the cameraman. Uh, Jericho is very upset. Sammy exits the babyface tunnel, and we head to commercial. This was fine. Uh, that bit earlier on was was a bit dumb. Obviously, this this ends with Jericho out of the inner circle too. I guess uh, don't really know where this is going. Doesn't always make a whole lot of sense, but we'll wait to see next week because uh, inner circle Jericho and his angle specifically tend to try to loop back around and cover their own asses where they can. Uh, so I'll wait and see on that one. But I will say, any tag team that has a match that involves one of the members going to the TV... So, when you're watching on TV, uh, when the the wrestler has to go to the opponent's side to do the finishing move, meaning he's flipping over the ropes, uh, even even Kenny Omega and uh, Hangman, when they had their, their finishing move, uh, Hangman would often have to jump over the ropes on the opponent's side to power up for the buckshot lariat, where unless both men are taken out or completely out of position... Uh, you're basically running and jumping over the ropes exactly where your opponent is, giving him ample time to do any number of things to you, as we saw here in this match with the claim to fame move. Uh, so you either have to cheat and always set that up to go from a different angle. Don't don't bounce off the, the side of the ropes with your opponent there. Uh, 
it seems dumb. It seems like, man, we got this, we got this finishing move, but it rarely works just because of the setup putting me in such harm's way. Hardy and Hangman are at the bar. Uh, you know the one. Uh, Hardy pretends to drink while Hangman Page gets drunk. Hardy, in an aside to the camera, says, you're here to document this for when he sobers up and denies it. Obviously, Matt Hardy is looking to fuck over Hangman Page as he did Private Party. While Hardy's back is turned, however, Page swaps the contract and signs it. Hardy signs it as well. Page says he'll have another drink and kind of gives a drunk smile as if to say, No, I am the one who is doing the fucking. Matt Hardy, you have been fucked. Tony Schiavone here for his weekly interview with Sting. Before Sting has a chance to speak, Taz and Will Hobbs appear on the screen. Cage and Starks load an unconscious Darby into a body bag and drag him across the parking lot tied to a truck. Sting runs to the back and another commercial begins and we never hear about this again. Kenny Omega is golfing and talking to Alex Marvez. Promises a uh, to put on a show tonight. Sure. Uh, the AW Women's uh, World Championship Eliminator Tournament begins now. Layla Hirsch versus Thunder Rosa. Rosa cuts a promo in picture-in-picture. Picture. I think the size of the panels is off here. They could either be the same size, side-by-side, side, or in reality, the person who's recording just a talking head promo backstage. That should be the smaller panel and let us see the wrestling match or the live feed. I don't know. Matt Wrestling to start things off here as Layla Hirsch is wont to do. Hirsch with the Terpe Suicida. Terpe. Terpe Suicida in the mix here. Uh, Rosa takes control of the match. We head to picture in picture. Match continues to be very physical with a great crescendo of bigger spots and near falls. Rosa gets her knees up on a flying Hirsch. Hirsch with knee strikes to Rosa's head. Hirsch attempts another moonsault and misses. JR calls it an un-Layla-like maneuver. Hirsch attempts an arm breaker as she slips free of Rosa's finisher. Rosa powers to her feet and drops Layla. Lifts and drops her again for the pin. One, two, three. Great match. Tony Schiavone breaks down the Japanese bracket for this tournament and says you can watch it Monday on YouTube. That's today. Layla Hirsch is great. Uh, Layla Hirsch is not in the business of winning matches right now, and that's okay. Uh, but I think Layla Hirsch is a very solid, one of the better uh, enhancement. Uh, and when I say enhancement, I mean can put on a 5-10 to ten minute match that makes both ladies look very good uh, kind of person on the roster right now. And I look very much forward uh, to Layla Hirsch getting an actual push. She looks great. Uh, she was doing, like, some Lucha stuff here, which I guess is ultimately the story of, hey, maybe she would have, if she just stuck to the bread and butter here, she was actually the better wrestler. Uh, but Thunder Rosa will move on in the tournament. Tony Schiavone, uh, now in a yellow sweater, interviews Jungle Boy. Tony says the kidnapped Marco Stunt has been recovered and is okay. Uh, Jungle Boy wants to address FTR directly, puts over his excellent match with Dax, how hard he smacked him, and will make him his bitch the next time they meet. Sure. Make you my bitch. Next week, FTR versus Matt and Mike Seidel. The Seidel brothers. Hey man, Hardy Party versus TH2 and Chaos Project. Sting calls out Team Taz. Again. It's either Sting calls out Team Taz or Darby Allen talks to Tony Schiavone and, and Sting is also there. Uh, Serena D versus Riho as part of this tournament and Riho's first AEW match in 11 months. It's already been 11 months since we last saw little Rio. The Young Bucks versus Santana Ortiz for the tag titles, as we uh, ranted about earlier. And now it's time for our main event. Falls Count Anywhere, Kenta and Kenny Omega versus Lance Archer and John Moxley. Kenta makes his appearance alongside his IWGP contract briefcase. Omega, Archer, Moxley. Kenta decks Mox with the briefcase. Uh, Archer fires up uh, on Omega in the corner. Kenta decks Archer with the briefcase. Archer no-sells it and slowly turns to face Kenta. Omega explodes out of the corner on Archer. Moxley and Archer seemingly working in unison while Omega and Kenta squabble in disagreement here and there to start the match. Moxley and Kenta end up alone in the ring. Uh, somewhere in the mix here, Don Callis says, We can't put Jake on a live mic. 
which I which made me j- laugh. Uh, Moxley has Kenta uh, hooked for a paradigm shift. Omega appears and clocks Mox with a garbage can. Omega plants Moxley and moonsaults off of Brett's rope while holding said trash can. Moxley in the corner, laden with a trash can. Kenta boots him. Near fall on Omega. Archer appears and bulldozes Omega and Kenta with a red ladder. Moxley hits the ropes and dumps Kenta outside. We head to picture in picture as Archer be- Archer. Archer belly-to-belly suplexes Omega onto the ladder, set in the corner of the ring. Omega and Archer brawl outside. Kenta and Moxley play with a ladder and chair in the ring. Omega strangles Archer with a transmission cable. Peter Avalon is lying on a heart-shaped bed, which I think is just some plywood with a heart-shaped blanket over top of it on some orange crates or something uh, at ringside for whatever reason. I guess that's just where he's been this whole time. Kenta appears to club Archer. Avalon gets GTF'd by Kenta. Uh, sorry, not Archer, Avalon, uh, just, just bystander, innocent bystander, Peter Avalon, killed by Kenta here. All four members of this match now brawling in and around Avalon's nest, only one ref calling this business so far, it's, uh, he is consistently late at calling pinning attempts, uh, near falls, uh, outside the ring are, are very weird, as someone just goes to pin someone out the ring, and it's like, what the fuck are you doing, you can't. You can't pin someone there. Oh, wait, yes, you can. One, two, two. Uh, Moxley kicks Kenta's ass up the stairs and through the seating area in the pantry in the kitchen area backstage now. Uh, Moxley tosses Kenta into things. uh, Sets him up at at the cross-section of three rolling metal tables. Kenta, uh, what? Reverses the paradigm shift for a DDT of his own. uh, Grabs a cross face on Moxley, still on top of these weird rolly tables. Archer and Omega brawl onto the scene in the kitchen as well. Literal potatoes are everywhere. Moxley uses one as a weapon. Shades of Kiryu Kazuma. Uh, Moxley and Omega now in the back lot battle back into the arena and fight near the ramp. Moxley finds a kendo stick under the ring and smacks Omega with it. Moxley with more kendo shots. Moxley tries a jumping strike off of Brett's rope and is V-triggered for his troubles. Kenta and Archer appear on the stage now, battling through one of the tunnels. Archer advises the announced team to clear the fuck out. Kenta uh, fights out of a powerbomb here and double foot stomps Moxley, who's laying lifeless on a table at ringside. Uh, Archer taunts Omega and enters the ring with him uh, alone. Omega smacks Archer in the ribs with the kendo stick. Archer catches it and snaps it in two. Archer walks the top rope and body slams Omega for a near fall. Archer and Kenny, uh, with Kenny up for the blackout, and the good brothers appear. Archer decks them. Kenta runs in with a pair of spinning back fists. Archer lays him out. Anderson takes out Archer. Jake the Snake hits Anderson with a short arm clothesline. Gallows decks Jake the Snake. Jake the Snake here, bumping in the ring. In uh, 2021. Omega teases a V-trigger on Jake the Snake. Moxley with a barbed wire bat uh, bat lays Omega out here before uh, this disaster can take place. Uh, Suddenly, there are a lot of bodies in the ring. Archer has Kenta and Omega for a double choke. Gets kicked in the dick. Um, (laughs) Killer on Archer from Gallows and Anderson. V-trigger Kenny can't lift Archer for the one-wing angel. Anderson and Gallows have to assist him. And he does hit it. Archer hits the mat and is pinned 1-2-3. Kenta continues to club Moxley outside of the ring. Don Callis poses with Omega and the Good Brothers. And we go off the air. Great main event. Uh, Of course, the fucking Good Brothers had to get involved. The the match was good enough there that I thought they, they could have a finish here without involving them. I like that in a Falls Count Anywhere match that had a quick stint in the kitchen. We did work our way back. Uh, to the ring. Wrestlers. Pro wrestlers always drawn to the wrestling ring. To the squared circle. Anyway. That's the show for this week. Thanks for uh, for hanging out and, and uh, 
hanging out through the hiatus. Uh, should have another Sultans of Slam coming up this weekend. Me and Reed are starting the Metal Gear Solid series this Wednesday on Public Beta Podcast, which is only two days away. Uh, so stay tuned for that. At Iceberg Podcast is us on Twitter. Lee at titsytheiceberg.com is my email address. Send us questions, topics. If it's interesting enough, we might throw it on the show. Uh, as always, thank you. Uh, for for the downloads and for listening. We'll be back with the Public Beta Podcast on Wednesday. We'll be back with the Sultans of Slam after that. Take care of yourself. Stay warm. And uh, that's going to do it for the Sultans of Slam!